Exurga Deus disipentur inimici eius et fugiancio deruntium a facia eius. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered, and let all those who hate him flee from before his face. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. Let's get started with a prayer. Get nomine patris et filii et spiritus sancti. Amen. Sancta Michael Arcangela, defendenos in proelio. Contra nequitiam et insidias diabolias o praesidium. Imperatili deus supplicas de precamur, fiuque princeps militae calestis satana maliosque spiritus malignos, qui ad perditionem animarum pervegantur in mundo divina virtute, in infernum letrude. Amen. Mater dolorosa, ora pro nobis. Sancta Michael Arcangela, ora pro nobis. Domine ostende facium tuum et salvierimus, Ave Maria Purissima, Immaculata Conceptio Est. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. There's a question. See, this is one of the things, um, it's actually, I suppose it's nice to be inquisitive and somewhat contemplative. I don't know. Contemplative? I don't know. That's not really the word I'm looking for. But the religious connotation of, contempla- of contemplative life, for example, um, is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about pensive. That's the word I'm looking for. <clears throat> So there's a lot of hoopla made of, uh, I think it's uh, Jack Zepps, Josh Zepps. I don't remember his name. Um, His appearance on the Joe Rogan podcast, where it turned out that the current data seems to be that you are somewhat something to the tune of eight times more likely to contract myocarditis after a bout of COVID, if you're within a certain age range, that certain age range, by the way, I think is actually between 18 and 40. Um, But here's the thing. They say it's eight, you're eight times more likely, roughly eight times more likely to contract myocarditis after a bout with COVID for men between us in a certain age group than you are to contract myocarditis in same-set age group from the vaccine. Something like 67 per 100,000 from the vaccine, and it's something like 450 per 100,000 from COVID. But there's a little bit of a problem with the data. There's no control group. That's the problem with the data. There is no control group from the people who are showing up with myocarditis, particularly among the professional sports stars, because among the professional sports stars, it is rampant. It's something, it's something to the tune of hundreds of times more common in 2021 and later for professional sports stars to contract myocarditis, pericarditis, and have and have other related heart issues, which seem to be directly connected to the vaccine. It would appear to be, because all of those people are vaccinated. Why is this important? Because if they are vaccinated and they got COVID, 
because we know that the vaccine and I don't and I hate calling it a vaccine, but it, we're using common parlance and I'm not really willing to parse words for this one. So I don't really care. But this so-called vaccine right now doesn't actually protect you from infection, which is weird because the smallpox vaccine does, in fact, protect you from contracting smallpox. Weird, isn't it? Now, here's the thing. The data hasn't been demonstrated, which is to say the breakdown to the charts with the statistics. Okay. How many unvaccinated people contract COVID and then get myocarditis? How many vaccinated people get myocarditis before they contract COVID? And how many vaccinated people subsequently contract COVID and then come down with myocarditis? That's three separate groups. And then compared also to the incidence of people who never contract COVID, never got the vaccine, and how many of them end up with myocarditis? There's four separate groups in order to actually be able to show correlation and or causation that you have to have. And you have to have the control group and governments around the world have been doing everything that they can to wipe out the control group. Because if the whole planet gets vaccinated, then there is no statistic and they can subsequently hide what is actually a threat from the vaccines and tuck it in as a threat from COVID from the actual disease itself. I don't have the information. To be honest, I haven't really been looking. But they're presenting this new argument And so there's a few questions that abound. One of them was actually posed by by uh, David Fryhart, Viva Fry, um, on YouTube, where he where he asks, "Is it not reasonable to assume that getting the vaccine and then subsequently contracting COVID actually compounds the likelihood of of coming down with myocarditis?" It would stand to reason, but we don't have that information. And that is a very important piece of information that is missing. And I believe that it's that piece of information that is allowing them to continue with the narrative. Oh, you got to get the vaccine. Oh, you might mess around and get COVID and get myocarditis. Or I might actually live a healthy enough life that I never contract COVID. This is the issue. Every new thing that comes up, we get a narrative that comes with it. And that narrative, without exception thus far, obfuscates necessary information for us to be able to make intelligent, well-informed decisions. And as long as they continue to obfuscate any data that might allow us to make intelligent, well-informed decisions, then I simply will not cooperate with their lies. And I will assume they are lying. Now, I understand that a lot of people are not, that most people are not scientists. Most people are not engineers. Most people are not uh, 
you know, <clears throat> doctors and met and, and, and various other medical professionals. I got it. But most of the doctors and most of the medical professionals because understand there is a difference between an experimental scientist and a medical and your average medical professional. Now your average medical professional can read the scientific data. They can read the statistics, they can interpret the statistics and they can come up with very well-founded conclusions and interpretations of the data. But you can miss a few things here and there. And most people miss a few things here and there. I've actually gotten a very heavy dose of missing a few things here and there over these last few days at work. And so I know, like, not only did I miss a few things here and there, but when you, but when those things that get missed overlap in just the right way, what ends up happening is very large things just get blown right by. And then you're stuck going back, looking, going, holy crap, how did we miss that? And you're trying to catch up. Now that's, for the type of job I do. You don't want to be trying to catch up. Missing a few minor details. About both this. COVID war game. And this medicinal money grab. That has been everything to transpire since roughly August of 2019 up until today. And this is a COVID war game and a money grab, a medicinal money grab. That's what this is. We're still in, and mind you, we're still in the war game phase, even as we're still facing and looking around and going, yeah, but these people are, you know, these people stand to gain billions and billions of dollars. And you don't necessarily want to just get blocked like, oh, well, this is going on. And so that's the reason. No, what is actually the reason to back up and say, OK, I'm not going to follow you until you can answer these specific questions is because when it comes to medical care, particularly particularly when you're in the realm of experimental medicine, which is exactly what this is, this is experimental medicine. It will continue to be even the Comirnaty vaccine from Pfizer, even if they manage to just crank that out and suddenly you had 10 billion 10 billion doses of the Comirnaty FDA approved vaccine even the Comirnaty FDA approval is attached to a continuation of the experiment for the next 25 years most of which needs to carry on until at least well, at least for the for the foreseeable future at least until 2027 and that's not to say that the other stuff that they're opening the other avenues that they're opening because the um, the experimental phase to try and get approval for children that is actually supposed to go for an additional 11 years like all of these things you're talking you're talking cumulative cumulatively and in sequence should actually take approximately 25 years to achieve all of the FDA approvals just within the United States to get it passed fully past the experimental phase in America but you've got the seven years to get it at least most of the way where they can market it. And they might still be able to prescribe it for off-label use, of course. But they have at least another seven years before they actually have the full non-experimental approval. 
where there's no further experimentation actually going on. We are still in the experimental phase and we are still in a money grab phase. And all of this, the whole getting caught up in this also places us top dead center slap in the middle of the COVID war game. And I'm calling it the COVID war game and I'm dropping the 19 because the war game, because, because the war game was actually originally executed for coronaviruses, which is exactly what COVID, uh, coronavirus infect, uh, coronaviral infectious disease, COVID. The COVID war game, we're still in the middle of. Now, the problem that you run into is that in order to, in order to not violate the Nuremberg Code, this new data that's coming out where they're like, oh, well, you're more likely to actually get myocarditis if you get COVID, is missing the data that I opened up with. Where's your control group? Who is identified as the control group? There should be two levels of a control. Those who contract myocarditis without having contracted COVID at all or having had the vaccine. Those who contract COVID without having been vaccinated. And then those who have been vaccinated without contracting COVID. And then those who have contracted COVID after having been fully vaccinated. And in truth, if you're going to do the experiment right, then it's who contracted myocarditis after contracting COVID after their first shot and then after their second shot, and then after their third shot. And then if anyone happened to have caught COVID at any point in between, all of those should actually be broken down. All of it should be broken down. You're talking about two, you're talking about two shots and then the booster. So you're talking three shots. <clears throat> and then actually I take that back. There's another group because then there's one who got COVID, then got the shot, then got COVID. After the shots, all of that data needs to be collated and segregated with with its with its specific with its specific breakdown per capita incidents per hundred thousand incidents of myocarditis per hundred thousand in each one of those categories, and it is only then that you will actually have a definitive. You will have enough correlative data to determine a causation and what your actual risks are. And what I suspect is actually the case is that all of these people who were grouped up in this data for people who contracted COVID and then got myocarditis, I suspect that that big high number group is actually the high number group of people who contracted COVID after receiving all of the jabs. This is my suspicion, but I have no data to back it up. And so I'm being clear about that. But there's a specific methodology. When you're, when you're in this scenario, there's a specific methodology that you are supposed to employ in order to develop enough correlative data in order to determine causation and actual risk factors in order in order for people to make a fully informed decision. 
And when you're dealing with experimental medicine and you're determining government policy based on experimental medicine, newsflash, guys, fully informed consent also has to undergo strict scrutiny. What does that mean? That means that the policies that are put in place, like vaccine mandates or otherwise, must be backed up by the same said data with a non-COVID control group, a, a, with, a, with a non, like nothing COVID control group, a control group where with infection, a control group with vaccination at each different level, and a, con- and, <clears throat> excuse me, not control group, a control group of none, and probably actually before too long, it's actually going to end up being a co- control group with just people who, with people who don't have the experimental injection, because the experimental injection is de facto the experiment. So your control group should be people who have not done either, people who have only done the one, which is to say contract COVID, and then your experimental level should include one jab, two jabs, three jabs, one jab plus infection, two jabs plus infection, three jabs plus infection. Infection prior to the jab, infection prior to the jab, the jab, and then subsequent infection. Do you see how this is going? Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of convolutions to it, but if you run the experiment enough and you segregate out the data, the data points enough, what you will get is you will get a clear picture and that clear picture will provide the, the information necessary to, necessary to satisfactorily comply with strict scrutiny standards for a government action under experimental medicinal circumstances. Without that, without that full breakdown to that level, you have nothing. You do not have the capacity to provide people with informed consent, meaning they can consent to the jab, to the various level of experimentations based on the actual risk data for their group. So men between 40 and 50 with no, pre- with no underlying conditions and no previous infections How does their risk increase based on the number of jabs that they get if they get COVID after the jab? How does their risk increase if they already had COVID, since we also now know that the natural immunity bit lasts longer than the jab? Oh, and the natural immunity bit tends to fight off Omicron, too, which is weird. It's almost like we knew. It's like, no joke, it's almost like we knew that part, but whatever. If they can't provide that data, then I'm not going to comply with their mandates. And that's with and that's with something that is not already produced in a, in a re- morally repugnant manner. That's that's all of the data I would need in order in order to take an experimental medication that was not developed, designed, constructed and manufactured from and or manufactured from Dead babies.
because you also run into that last bit that I will not comply. I will not imbibe, ingest, introduce a toxin generated from the murder of children. Will not. And if they have a problem with my religious objection and they have a problem with complying with American law, well, that's cool. Because American law says you got to, says back up, bro. You don't get to make that choice for me. Ninth and Tenth Amendments to the Constitution, kind of important ones, relegating all powers not determined to the states and to the people. If it's not within the purview of the federal government, particularly when it comes to individual agency and individual decisions, it is very like, they're like, well, we can still do this under state law. No, bro, actually... I don't care if you think you can still do it under state law. You're wrong. Because the Code of Human Rights, Nuremberg, etc. See, human rights actually kind of outrank. The rights and the rights and duties, the rights that we have and the duties that we, the duties and obligations that we have to God, they outrank anything that comes out of the mouth of anybody. So you want to place me under arrest? Pack a lunch. You want to p- place my family under arrest? Pack a lunch. Because I can guarantee you I'm going to make it a very long day for you. And when all is said and done, chances are I will have done some very, very tragic things to your conscience and to your soul. The very, the very high likelihood is, is by the time I'm finished with you, you're not going to be able to sleep at night. <clears throat> Unless, of course, I happen to be defending someone else, in which case you're probably actually never going to wake up. Because you don't get to make these choices as any government agent. Even notwithstanding the morality issue, without strict scrutiny, without informed consent, without keeping track of all the data, and making that data available so people can make their own decisions, you are wrong. You're overstepping your bounds. I don't care where you think your bounds are. If you're a governor, if you're a mayor, if you're a county health idiot, I don't care. I don't care who you are, what your title is. Under the legal framework of the United States, you need to meet strict scrutiny, which means you need to provide all of that data. And even after you've provided all of that data, if you you cannot prove that the specific concerns I have about the morality of the generation of this whatever if you cannot prove that my that my that my concerns about it are unfounded well guess what 
I don't have to prove my religion to you. Although it should be obvious. If you cannot prove against my concerns, the morality concerns, and I will say that this actually extends beyond Catholics, beyond Christians, <coughs> you don't actually have, like seriously, you don't actually have to believe in God to understand that developing a serum using the corpses of murdered children is criminal. That does not actually require belief in God. So you can be an atheist and understand that this serum is, gener is, is generated from the corpses of, of murdered children and have a religious objection, a moral objection. And it would still be a religious objection because it is a duty, according to the laws of nature, to not comply with such a thing. So you don't even actually have to be Catholic. You don't have to be Christian. Although, admittedly, it helps. You don't have to be any of that. You don't have to be like some giga, some gigachad trad, super super Catholic who attends the who attends you know the SS only the SSPX or the SSPB. Who wouldn't be? You don't have to be some giga gigachad trad who would never be caught in a charismatic in a charismatic service of any kind, Catholic or otherwise. You don't have to be. You can be a neck-bearded, tree-hugging, hippie, liberal, atheist and still understand that this toxin has been made by the least moral means possible. And having that understanding alone would be sufficient to have a religious objection. according to the laws of this country. And if, honestly, if you're in a government office, you're, a, you know, a bureaucrat, an elected official, or whatever, I don't care, and you can't abide by the laws of this country, then I don't have to listen to you. I don't have to cooperate with you. I am not obligated to comply I'm not even obligated to comply when you say, sir, please place your hands behind your back. You're under arrest. If you cannot, if you cannot comply with the law of the land, with the laws of the states, with the laws of the cities, with the ideals of the country, I should put that in quotes, but whatever, we'll go, we'll carry on. It was a good, it was a good enough sentence. But if you can't comply with those things, I'm under no, obli no obligation to obey any of your commands no matter the uniform or the badge. And no one is. Not a five-year-old child. Not a parent, mother or father, not grandma or grandpa. No one. It doesn't actually matter what the courts say. And that's actually the key thing. That's like, well, the Supreme Court says thus and so. Okay, cool. The Supreme Court's been wrong before. This is still immoral. This is still unjust. See, see, I've spent the last year, for the most part, making the argument under the banner of the Catholic, under the banner of the Catholic faith. But I don't have to. 
I don't even have to refer to my God and his son, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I don't have to refer to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. I don't have to refer to the protection of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. I don't have to refer to the protection of St. Michael the Archangel or St. Joseph, Terror of Demons. I don't have to refer to any of them. I don't have to refer to the Magisterium or any of that. I have no obligation to refer to that to prove that the things that these people are doing is wrong. And it is their obligation to answer my questions to receive my consent. The unfortunate thing is that when you go to press that case, they call you a seditionist. They say you're a domestic violent extremist. But I'm not the one who's domestically violently extreme. My rights under the law according to the Constitution, don't actually matter as much as my rights and duties under natural law. There is no law that the United States can pass that is allowed to contravene natural law. There is no law that the United States can pass that is allowed to contravene divine law. This is known, at least it's known among Catholics. Doesn't seem to be known by a whole lot of other people. But Mother Nature, if we call it that, has her own set. She's got her own set. The laws of physics philosophical understanding there are there are certain immutable unchangeable objective precepts and there's some there's room for some debate some debate but there are solidly immutable objective unchangeable precepts and to violate them Everybody understand, like, you know, intrinsically, you don't even, it doesn't take a rocket scientist. You don't have to be a theologian or an expert philosopher. There are some things that when they happen, you know. <clears throat> and anything that happens in the state legislature, in the national, in the federal legislature, in any of the courts, all the way up to the Supreme Court, any executive action, anything that, that contravenes natural law, we don't have to abide by. We don't have to comply. We don't have to consent. Because that's not obedience. Obedience means following natural law. Obedience means following divine law. Obedience means doing the things that manage to make it so that you don't get condemned to hell. Well, actually, that's not even true. 
because you can be obedient in a whole bunch of stuff. But if you've never actually heard of anything in the divine law, then, you know, you're going to, I mean, you're going to get a pass. I mean, I don't know anybody who has never heard of anything in the nat in, in, in divine law, but I'm sure there are some places, you know, there's some little cubby hole out there in the world somewhere who's never heard of God or, or Christ. <clears throat> we're not required to obey those things. Anything, anything that comes across uh, in violation of natural law. And mind you, this is codified in the Declaration of Independence. The laws of nature and nature's God. Well, nature's God happens to just be God. So the laws of nature actually kind of also include the divine law of the creator. We know what those are. Even Satanists know what they are. They just don't care. <clears throat> Quick digression. Did anybody see the Satanist that was on Tucker Carlson the other day? Like Tucker actually did an interview with the Satanist. And I'm just like, wow. Um, could you look more stereotypical? And I think it's actually rather entertaining because that that dude with that very stereotypical look. Now, maybe I was the only one who saw it. Who knows? Um, but that dude with that rather stereotypical look and that extremely oily, sleazy tongue. I mean, he was polite. He was cordial. He was not profane, but he was lying. Is what it is. But even Satanists know. That's why this has been such a very interesting fight lately. I am not the domestically violent extremist. That will actually fall to the law enforcement agent agency or whatever government bureaucrat or whatever method it is that they use to try and come to my house and take my stuff and force the jab on me. Because I'm not the one committing violence. The one mandating all of these government operations, they're the ones committing the violence. And the ones who are obeying and inflicting those mandates on others, they're the ones committing the violence. And it doesn't matter if it's the CEO or chairman or president or whatever, or the owner of, you know, such and such aviation industry or such and such galactic blah, 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 or Facebook or Meta or Apple or DHL or waste management. Doesn't matter if it's the, if it's the guy in charge of FedEx, it doesn't matter. Whoever is actually following these edicts and deciding to violate the, the rights of their employees, the citizenry, the individuals, etc. I mean, take your pick on whatever category it is. But whatever jackalope is the one who's actually putting in the rules and trying to force it, they're the ones committing the violence. It is not violent, at least not from any Catholic perspective, to resist violence. Or I should say it's not transgressively violent.
So if the feds were to knock on my door in the next five minutes and we were to get in a firefight, I'm not the one committing the violence. They're the ones are. They're the ones who are. Doubly because they actually showed up at my house. And it doesn't matter if the courts recognize that. Which is my message to Catholics and Christians and agnostics and atheists. It doesn't matter if the cops and the lawyers and the judges and the prison guards and all of the people who decide that you absolutely must comply or you're going to be arrested and thrown away or whatever. Doesn't matter if they think you were transgressively violent because you weren't. Matters what God thinks. And God will justify you in the end. Now, there's a few other things that are kind of in there, like if you happen to be atheist or Protestant or any of the other stuff, like you might want to do some research. Just saying. Because there's a few other things, because just because he won't condemn you for that doesn't mean he won't condemn you for a whole bunch of other crap you might be doing. And same thing to you Catholics out there. Just because he's not going to condemn you for that and he's not going to condemn you for abandoning the faith, there's a whole bunch of other stuff that he can probably still condemn you. And if you're a Catholic, you know that list. And it doesn't matter how much you try to say, well, it couldn't be that bad. Yeah, actually, it kind of is. So act right before you get smacked right. Especially a divine smack like that. Anyway, went a lot longer on justice than I wanted to, and it was a huge digression. The point of this whole podcast was actually at the beginning. The data that they have to show for the government to be acting right. Now, it doesn't matter for me, because no matter what they show, unless they can prove that everything that's been said about the H- the HEK-293 and the freaking, and all of the other cell lines, the humanized mice, and all and all of the, all of the experimentation that has gone into the development of both the COVID, the, the, the bioweapon and the vaccine, which was actually really just the second part of the, as far as I'm concerned, it's Smilex gas. There's the first part of Smilex and the second part of Smilex. The first part of Smilex broke out of the lab. The second part of Smilex is the one that Big Pharma decided to institute that they've been peddling to us for the last year, uh, year and a half. But as far as I'm concerned, it's just Smilex gas. It's a two, it's a two part poison. So you're not really going to get a whole lot of cooperation from me regardless. But for everyone else, if you're not willing to provide the full data, the full statistical analysis, so that we can so that we can ha- understand fully both the correlation and the potential causation, you can go pound sand. Which really should just be the title of this podcast. <coughs> Excuse me. Anyway. Pray for the church. Pray for the nation. Pray for us in social media because some of these messages really actually, like, like you really actually kind of have to see how bad, how broken, on how many levels and in how many directions this really is. So, so that you really understand how necessary it is 
to take shelter under Our Lady's mantle and tuck yourself into the wound of Our Lord's Sacred Heart. Because it really is an all-sides thing. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen.